Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> you never see me without my mask. <laughs> Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, you are a good, good Father. Father, we are so grateful. We are so grateful to you that we don't have to worry about the gift of salvation that you gave us because you sent your one and only begotten son wrapped in flesh as a baby, the goodness that did come out of Bethlehem. It was you, Lord Jesus, and we are so grateful for your gift of love that you gave us so that we could live with you for all of eternity. Lord, we bless you. We bless your name. You are worthy of all of our praise, and it is our desire to always praise you and to always love you. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 So the title of this message today is, What's Love Got to Do With It? I hear a few smiles, so when I ask you to help me, I need some help when we reach that part. <laughs> What's Love Got to Do With It? So we're going to start off with um, 1 John 4, 8, and 11. 1 John 4, 8, and 11, and it says, The one who does not love does not know God. Amen. For God is love. Yes. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only, only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And so... The first candle of Advent, we had Pastor Jason come up, and he spoke about the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the next Sunday, we had Elder um, Anthony come up, and he spoke about peace. Last week, when all of you were out volunteering, there was a message as well, and Pastor Jason spoke about joy. When... Um, Pastor, Elder, Arshel came up. He talked about all of the gifts that were given um, by abundant life to all of these different families. And the one thing that I also did hear was about 70, about 70 of us went through the rain, through the woods, over to grandmother's house we went <laughs> to help with the ministry of bagging all of these things up and getting everything together. 
And one thing that um, Pastor Arshel, amen? One thing that Pastor Arshel didn't say is I believe Fred Degree is doing okay. Yeah, so we want to make sure that you know that, that he is doing okay. He's just a walking miracle, right? Because you know about his liver transplant, the one liver failed, and God had another one waiting for him within a week. Within a week, he got the second liver. And we won't tell you, but that guy who's high up, who owns the company in the Bay Area, who also had liver disease, didn't get a liver. But Fred Degree got two. He got two livers. Nothing but the goodness and the love and the glory of God who can do that kind of thing. Okay, so now this is your time. You got to help me, right? So I'm going to start off and then I'm going to point to you and you have to give me the last four words of this, right? What's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but emotion. All right, we know. What's love but a secondhand emotion, Tina Turner said. But what we're going to find out in this message is love is everything. Love is everything. So I just have that one point for you today. Love is everything. So... We're going to see when we understand the love that the Lord has for us. And when we embrace the love that he has for us, it really makes us want to go out and serve. It makes us want to praise him. It makes us want to do the things that we know are pleasing to God. And that says that every single person that is sitting here right now, God has given us a gift, every single one of us. Amen. Some of us are walking in our gift. Some of us are doing what the Lord has put on our hearts. Some of us have a few gifts. But there's some people who are not using the gift that God has given them yet. So... When Pastor Arshel talks about serving the next time, we want to continue to see the servants of God come out. We want to see you use the gifts that you know that God has given you to serve all of us because we need you. This church is a church of people who serve. So the praise and worship team, the person giving the message, the person passing out the treats after church, the people who are doing the audio, every single thing that is done here, we need each other to use their gifts to help. Correct? Amen? I'm going to tell you this story. So there was, um, I guess about in April, I went to go visit my sisters in Georgia. And for some reason, when I go out of town, I like to shop. <laughs> I do. And I think because I have so much time on my hands versus when you're at home, sometimes you are just 
washing the clothes, getting the children ready, doing a report at work, um, for work, at home, and you're, you're just busy, busy, busy. So we went to the shopping center, and I want to say, how many of you um, women like to buy shoes? Okay, I see some hands. Come on, be honest. How, be, okay, how many men like to buy shoes? All right, good. So we got a few. <laughs> so we're walking around the store. We, my sisters and I, three of my sisters, one lives in California. That My other two sisters moved to Georgia. So we're in the shoe department. And so we try on, we're all trying on shoes. And this one pair of shoes, it was really kind of like the ugliest pair of shoes I had seen in a long time. And... They were uncomfortable. So the one salesperson was saying, oh, you have to buy these shoes. These are the shoes that you need. And I was like, well, you know, really, they're uncomfortable. You know, and after she realized I wasn't going to buy the shoes, she disappeared and she never came back. But it didn't really matter because we had a divine appointment with this other lady. So this other shoe uh, sales lady came out and she started helping us. And I mean, when you're out of town, you have time to try on eight, nine, ten pairs of shoes, you know. So she's going back getting, getting the shoes for us. And then we started to talk. And then she started to say how her life was a little rattled right now that she um, was living in an apartment and the price of the apartment had gone up so high that she couldn't afford to stay there anymore. So she was looking for a new place to stay, but it was difficult. The apartments would be gone, they were expensive as well. And then she started talking about her boyfriend and the problems and problems that she was having. And then finally, I asked her, do you know the Lord? And she said, well, I'm backslidden. And I said, it doesn't matter. The Lord loves you. The Lord is here for you. The Lord is going to help you find a place. The Lord is going to not see the things that you're going through. And he's going to love you exactly the way you are. You know, sometimes we get so caught up and we think, oh my gosh, I messed up. I have to work my way back into where I need to be because the Lord, he's going to take his love away from me. So by the time we got finished with her, encouraging her, telling her just wonderful things that God had for his children, plans for her, she wanted to rededicate her life to the Lord. And she did. And she left feeling loved by the Lord. Amen. All the while we were buying shoes. <laughs> so we see God's love from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. There are 720 times that we see the word love in the Bible. So God must have wanted us to love. So we see it. One of the um, properties, the immutable properties 
that my brother Keith spoke about God's holiness a few weeks back. Another one of God's immutable properties is love. So we see the word mutation within the word immutable. So a mutation is a change, like a change in our DNA, a change in this COVID virus that keeps, you know, popping its head up. But God is unchangeable. He's immutable. Amen. And some of his other immutable properties are his wisdom, his peace, his um, omniscience, all-knowing, he knows everything, his omnipotence, he's powerful, he's omnipresent, he's always present, he's faithful, he's patient, he's just, he's impartial. So we can be love and we can love people, but God is love. It's one of his characteristics. He doesn't change. That is who he is. So we know that God's promises and the covenants that he makes are permanent. And so all of the promises that we see in this book, the Bible, God doesn't change. If he says it, you can depend on it and you know that it's going to happen. So we're going to look at one of the first covenants that God made with Abram. And we see that in Genesis 15. We're going to read verses 5 to 10, and then verse 12, and then verse 17 to 18a. Genesis 15, 5 to 10, 12, 17 to 18a. And he took himself outside and said, Now look towards the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who bought you, up out of the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. He brought him out. And he said, O oh Lord God, how may I know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all of these to him and cut them in two and laid each half opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. And it came about when the sun had set that it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch, a flaming torch, which passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. So we see Abram is really like us, honestly. 
because God said to Abram back in Genesis chapter 12, I've got a plan for you, Abram. I want you to leave your family, leave your country, and go to this place that I have assigned for you. So Abram takes his nephew Lot with him. God said, leave everybody, right? So he takes his nephew Lot with him because he felt responsibility for his nephew because his father was no longer around. So we can understand that, but that's still not what God said, right? And then when we read the scripture and God is saying, Abraham, I'm going to make you great. Your people are going to be people as many as the stars that are in the sky, if you're even able to count them, which of course we're not able to count them, right? We can't even see all of the stars. We think we can, but because of the light that comes back to the earth, there's many, many stars out there that we cannot even see. So God is saying that you will have innumerable people. And then Abram says, well, how is that so? Okay, I'm God, <laughs> you know? So that's how sometimes with our situation, we are just kind of like, um, you know, Lord, I think it's going to be like that, but, you know, Lord, could you just, could you give me a sign? Could you just, you know, let my daughter wink her eye twice if it's going to happen? But God... When he said to Abram, and his name was later changed to Abraham, when he said to him, you know, these, these are the two promises that I'm going to give you, that your descendants are going to be as many as the stars, and I'm going to give you the land to possess. Now, when he gave that promise to Abram, later Abraham, I want you to know that we as Gentiles were right in there in that promise. We see in Romans chapter 4 and 16, for this reason, it is by faith that it might be in accordance with grace in order that the promise be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And then in Romans 9 and 8, that it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but it is children of the promise who are regarded as descendants. So we see that his nephew Lot, he gets in a little trouble. Um, he gets captured. And then Abram, Abraham has to go uh, get him away from the people that captured him. So then finally we get to um, Genesis chapter 15. And there's two really important things that I want you to understand and I want you to remember. One, and I'm just going to say this before I say the two, but one of the things I want you to understand is a covenant is a contract. A covenant is a contract. And so it's like Judge Judy, right? If you watch the show, she's always like, let me see the contract. It says in the contract, this is what is going on. 
If it's in the contract and you sign the contract, it's a done deal. There's a word called monergism. Monergism is one of the two things I want you to understand. And mono meaning one. And what monergism really just means is when the pieces were cut, Abraham, Abram was on the ground. He was asleep. He was out. So it really had to be God himself, the purity, the integrity, the holiness of God who fulfilled the covenant. So the covenant was fulfilled, the Holy Spirit. Monergism is the Holy Spirit walking through the pieces. Abram, like us, we mess up every day. You know, first, uh, uh, first John 1 and 9 says that he who says he is without sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. So we never, ever, ever reach the state of sinless perfection until we get to heaven. So that's one thing I want Christians to just, just remember. When we are witnessing to people and witnessing to the world, you know, people already think that we think we're holier than thou. We're not. And we need to let people know that we are just saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. We are not better. We are not holier. We mess up every single day. And then that's another thing. At the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that only, only God himself can judge those outside of the church. We judge those within the church. So if we see our brother doing something, we go in love, not in condemnation. Or if you're doing the same thing, maybe you just need to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> right? But we don't need to get the world right. God himself will get the world right. Amen? So we need to stop, you know, as, as we say when we talk, Keith, we need to stop acting like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that such and such happened. I can't believe that they're doing this in the world right now. I can't believe that they said this or they're doing that. God is going to take care of all of that. And if they're his children, he's really going to take care, you know, of them before they reach the point where they have eternal life. You know, and if they're not of him, they're going to be separated from him for all of eternity. So we hope that that is not going to be the case. So the other thing that I want you to see. So the one thing that we see is the pure, holy God himself was the one who walked through the pieces. The other thing that I want you to see is that Abram received this covenant from God before he was circumcised. And he received this covenant of love from God before the laws came into place. So that means that Abraham, Abraham is just like us. Every single person has to come through 
God come to Jesus through faith. And Hebrews 11 says it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. So he came to the Lord the exact same way that we have to come to the Lord. It wasn't the law that saved him. It wasn't works that saved him so that no man can boast. Every single person has to come to the Lord the exact same way. So Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, he came to the Lord in love. He came to the Lord. He looked forward. His righteousness, God saw that he had faith and God reckoned or gave him the salvation through the faith that he had, not through the works, not through the law, not through the things that he did. And we, we come to Jesus because we see what he's done for us. So every single person has to come to Jesus the same way, through faith. So one of the things that we saw with Abraham and we saw later, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, is that God had asked him to sacrifice his son. So there's some parallels there that we're going to talk about a little bit. The flaming uh, torch that we see is the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, Jesus. He is the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> when we see that the, he's got fear when he's on the ground, we remember John in Revelation chapter 1, we, he says, I feared when I saw the Lord approaching me, I fell down as dead. You know, because when you come into the presence of God, there's a change. There's something different that happens. And if we ever saw God, we're going to be dead from our body here. We're going to have eternal life. But even when we're praising him and just really in his presence, you know, sometimes it happens. I just start crying. You know, because I just get so overwhelmed with the love that God has for me. Proverbs 19 and 22 says, and this is something I want you to remember. This is the NIV. Proverbs 19 and 22 says, what a person desires is unfailing love. This is what we desire. This is what we desire from our friends, our family, our partners, from God gives it to us. <clears throat> but this is what we desire. So we have to kind of remember sometimes how we treat people because this is what we all want. Proverbs 19 and 22, what a person desire is unfailing love. I have two really great daughters. So one of my daughters and I, we were um, driving and we were on Highway 580. And so this was long before they completely finished 580 and everything was paved out. So on the side of uh, 580, if any of you remember this, there were rocks on the shoulder at one point. So I'm driving. So it's rush hour traffic at about 2.55. So there's this man in an SUV who is um, on the right side of me. 
So he's driving, and then he really wants to cut and get in front of me. But what happens is a car on the third side, on the third lane over, cut in front of him. So then I looked at him, and I believe he thought I was taunting him, which I was not. He grabbed the steering wheel, and he turned it directly into my car. Now, my daughter was asleep in the passenger side, and her body was up against the door. And I thought, if he hits us, she is going to be seriously damaged and hurt. So I pull off on the shoulder where the rocks are there, and I can't get traction. So then all of a sudden, I hit the guardrail. And I spin out across four lanes of rush hour traffic on 580. And then my daughter, of course, she's awake at this point. So now she's trying to grab something to cover our faces because on the other side, there's a ditch. So she's thinking we're going to flip over. And when we flip over, our faces are going to get cut up. So then we're going backwards on the freeway now, on the other side. And by God's grace, his love, I'm standing here before you today, really. I have a few other crazy stories, but that's another day. <laughs> but I loved my daughter so much, I was trying to protect her. She loved her mama so much, she was trying to protect me. But God loved us so much, he protected us both. Amen. And then the, I'll call him the crazy cop said, can you identify the guy? Because I had described him and I'm sure they had stopped the car. And I was thinking, oh, wait, hold up. You know, I think that might be a little bit dangerous. If I, he said, would I identify the guy in a lineup? And I'm like, okay, this is a little serious. <laughs> but I didn't see his face well enough, which God was protecting me that way too, right? I didn't have to go to court and testify and, and all of that. So we remember Proverbs 19.22, what a person desires is unfailing love. And I want to read, reread the scriptures that we started off with 1 John 4, 8 through 11. The one who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for us. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. J.I. Packer puts it this way. He says, God's love is an exercise of his goodness toward individual sinners, whereby having identified himself with their welfare, 
He has given his son to be their savior and now brings them to know and enjoy him in a covenant relationship. So we see the covenant of Abraham and now we have the covenant of grace with Jesus. That Jesus loves us. And as we're going to celebrate next Sunday, that he gives us his birth. He gives us the covenant of love that is grace, that we can be saved that if we would just accept him. Jesus loves us so much that he was our propitiation. He was the substitute. As I say, God is holy. He can't be in the presence of sin. So Jesus had to take our place. He had to take all of our sins. And, and really, when Jesus died, you know, we see the nice cross and the nice Jesus, but we know he was beaten beyond recognition. They spit on him. They pulled out his hair. They beat him that either, even his mother could not recognize who he was. That's how much he loved us. 1 John 4 and 11. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We ought to love one another. Psalms 116 and 12 says, What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness, for all the love that he has given me? What should I return to this God who loves me so much, who gives me favor, who takes care of me, who blesses me, who's always with me. I can always reach my hand out and grab the Lord's hand and hold tight to it. And he doesn't let go. He doesn't let go. What should I give this God who loves me that way? Should I volunteer and go and help pack bags for Angel Tree and the children who are incarcerated? Should I be like the woman in Luke who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and dried them with her hair? Because when she entered the house, the host didn't give him water to wash his feet. Should I be like the good Samaritan who was minding his own business on his journey, on his way to take care of business, but he stopped to help the man who had got beaten up, who was on the side of the road and took money out of his pocket to pay for him to be taken care of. Abundant life, do you know that we have a ministry here at our church that takes homeless people off of the street. We have a ministry, and when I heard the first time that we had gotten a family of four who was sleeping in their car, out of their car into a house, into a house, because we paid their first and their last and their deposit, it just brought tears to my eyes that we are that kind of church, that you can even donate 
money specifically to that ministry that um, Director Cheryl Degree heads up. And they screen the families so they know the families that are going into the homes are not, you know, just people that we shouldn't help, but definitely people that we should help. Do we have a heart of gratitude for this God that blesses us every day? Do we try to be kind to our family, to our spouse, to our children? I'm going to leave you with one last quote, and this is a quote my daughter Janine gave me, and it's a quote from Maya Angelou. And Maya Angelou says, if you have only one smile, if you have only one smile in you, give it to the people you love. Don't be surly, bad-tempered at home. Then go into the street and start grinning. Good morning to total strangers, to the mailman, <laughs> you know, to the person at the grocery store. Give that smile and give that love to your family because that is certainly the gift that we should give to the God who loves us that way. Amen. 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 So we're going to have a song from the praise and worship team, and then I'm going to come back and we're going to uh, have a prayer of salvation and benediction and just blessings to all of you. Heavenly Father, I just pray that um, you encourage someone today to let them know, Lord, how much you love them, to let you know that you are always there, that all we have to do is reach out and grab your hand and that you are the one who is going to reach back and, and take the hand. And in fact, is this, are you guys going to um, sing out and then as we go out, do you want me to do salvation now? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and do salvation now. So there is somebody in here, and you can play softly, yeah, who needs to receive the gift of love, the covenant of love that Jesus Christ gave us, that we are sinners and we mess up. But God gave us a contract, a covenant that covers all of that sin. And if we would just confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and if we would just believe and understand, because Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say I'm one of many ways. He didn't say, you know, you can get to heaven all of these different ways. No, he said that I am the mediator between God and man. I am the bridge. The only way that you can get to the Father, get to heaven, you got to cross this bridge and you have to Embrace Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life to get over the bridge. 
You just can't come any kind of way. If that was the case, Jesus didn't have to come from heaven. He could have just stayed there and we could have just done it our way. But because he came as an infant that we're going to celebrate next week, and he died on the cross, and he gave us the gift of love, not by works that any man can boast. All we have to do is accept the free gift of Jesus Christ. We're going to pray, and then whoever says amen to this prayer, no matter if you're here or if you're listening online, today, December 18th, is a day that Jesus comes into your life, and you have eternal life going forward. And I'm telling you, if you go out and get hit by a road rage driver, you're good. You'll be good because Jesus is in here. You will immediately go into the presence of the Lord into heaven. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. And I know that you died on the cross for all of my sins. I invite you into my heart, into my life. Because you pay the price and you took full payment for all of those sins. So I just thank you, Lord, right now that because I have asked you, you have come in and you have given me eternal life this day, December 18th, 2022. And if you pray that, just say amen. Amen. Because the Lord comes in and he saves you right where you are today is your day of salvation, of having that personal covenant relationship with the Lord, of having eternal life. Amen and amen. All right.